is how can we kind of tell the difference between holiday stress and like the family being with everybody and more serious, I guess, mental health, like there's a difference, you know, what's the difference between holiday and just every day, this student is not doing well. Welcome to the Generation Youth Podcast, where we ignite the future by empowering our youth. I'm James McLamb, your host, founder, and CEO of Generation Youth, and the author of the best-selling book, Tomorrow's Youth. Whether you're a parent, an educator, youth pastor, or coach, join us as we dive into the pressing issues facing our young people today. Together, We'll unlock the strategies, insights, and inspiration to elevate and equip our next generation. Stay with us, and let's make a difference, one youth at a time. Well, welcome again to the Generation Youth Podcast. I'm James McLamb, uh, your host. I'm with my daughter, the teacher, Sarah Beth. How are you doing, Sarah Beth? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. We have just spent a great deal of time together over the past week because we're recording this after Thanksgiving week. So if you hopefully our audience, if you if you're watching this any time in which it's released, you have enjoyed the first part of the holiday season. It's a uh, a great time uh, this time of the year. So you enjoying your your teaching season during this holiday period? It's something else. I'll tell you what the kids are done. I'm done. We all want to go eat good food and <laughs> we're just trying to make it through the eight hour days <laughs> but it's a lot of fun we're doing some cool activities at school um so that's always fun <laughs> well you know holidays are are so much synonymous with joy and and festivity uh, but it often carries with it the uninvited guest of stress of anxiety and sometimes even depression on youth. And that's unfortunate. I mean, we hear so many great memories associated with this, but for that's not the case with everyone. There's a stat that has just been released in the last year or two that said that 67% of Americans are reporting moderate to severe levels of holiday stress. Some even extreme levels of severe uh, stress during this time. That it, it's clear this is a widespread issue, and it's not just adults that identify it, but it's youth, which is very sad because, as the song says, it's the most wonderful time of the year. But for many, it may not be. So today, you and I decided that this may be a topic that our audience would like to learn a little bit more about. That they would like to get some information, maybe uh, some tips, some insights so that they can help the young people in their life, their youth in their life, experience the best opportunity going forward. So that's that's where we're landing today. Are you seeing any stress in the youth that you teach? I am, yes. Um, between a lot of different things, one, we a lot of school systems, this is towards the end of the semester or getting there towards the end of second quarter, so they're stressed with grades. Some students just have a lot going on at home and you can tell they don't really want to spend like time at home with just their family. So there's a lot of things I do see the kids. They are just drained. There's no longer the first week of school excitement, first month. It's the I don't want to be here and I don't want to be at home. So, yeah, yeah. but something that I've kind of seen a lot is 
their anxiety almost seems to go up around this time as well. So like not only like stress, but also just anxiety in general. Do you have any like signs that maybe we could be looking for common signs that maybe we could look for in teens, um, young adults of just stress, maybe that's being triggered by the holiday season. Well, let's, let's tackle that word first. If you don't mind, let's talk about the triggers, maybe some of the situations that can cause stress on them. So, and see if you, any of these resonates uh, with you quite a bit. One of the predominant triggers that we're finding that, that cause this type of stress, this type of anxiety among youth during this time of year is really family functions. We're getting, this is the time of the year where there's expectations that we're going to be with a lot of families. When unfortunately, a lot of times those kind of situations can create patterns of stress, can create areas where youth are not feeling comfortable. Maybe they are not comfortable with, with the people that are around. Maybe there are uh, disagreements. There are uh, conflicts that are going on that cause you to dread this time of the year. Uh, I've heard sto- stories from many folks that talk about, oh, I, I hate this time of the year because I'm having to travel between so many different families and, and there's always these anxiety levels and people are not liking each other in this aspect of it. So holidays can be a time, you know, family gatherings are a hallmark of the season, but they can also stir up stress. There's a stat, Sarah Beth, that says that 30% of Americans find extended family to be their main source stressor. Mm. So to kind of put it in perspective, that's close to one out of every three people. If you translate this to youth, what is your average class size? It's about 25. About 25. So you're looking at almost eight around eight of those kids in there. And if they have any level of stress, so if if two thirds of them, which would be 16, are reporting stress, half of those are saying family is what's causing the stress. Mm. That's that's a significant indicator. Um, And navigating those dynamics require a great deal of patience and empathy. And we, we can get around to talking about some of the strategies maybe a little bit later in this conversation, but that's a trigger. So you agree with that one? You seen any uh, aspects of that in, in your work with you? Oh yeah, totally. Um, just my relationship with my students is a little closer than a lot of um, teachers because I take them on trips and stuff. So they tell me a lot and that definitely describes a lot of the students and what they're dealing with. But something else I kind of was wondering, um, and I know other teachers are wondering as we're discussing holidays and how to best deal with our students, is how can we kind of tell the difference between holiday stress and like the family being with everybody and more serious, I guess, mental health, like there's a difference, you know, what's the difference between holiday Uh, and just every day this student is not doing well? Well, that's a good question. And I think part of it is the normal holiday blues are temporary and they're mild. Uh, they they can cause you can, you can see it in them, but they rebound from it over time. Persistent or worsening or highly disruptive symptoms may indicate that we got some more serious issues, maybe even some serious mental issues that need to be helped. So, and those those we can see. So, if if it's related to the trigger of family feast and fussing, then once that is gone, then they'll see them rebound. So that's. That's one of the triggers. Another trigger you kind of mentioned too when you talked about you're hitting the end of the school year is that academic avalanche that happens. 
some school systems, they're trying to get everything done for the first semester before Christmas holidays, or they're trying to get as much as they do so that when they come back, they can dive into the exam period. So end of year exams and assignments, they add to that holiday hustle. And young minds are struggling sometimes to balance the academic pressure that they have. And we've talked about this in previous ones about their academic pressure and with you know, festive preparations. So you've got all this academic issues that are triggering it, plus maybe the family fuss and festive activities. Woo, it, it can be quite an avalanche there. So those types of things are going over. So any trigger, any other trigger you think? I've got one more that I want to hit on, but uh, anyone that you see in particular? Yeah. Um, the other one that I was thinking was a big one was just social media in general. So many people are posting during this time over Thanksgiving. It's I'm so thankful for all these people. And then over Christmas, it's almost a look at all the great things I'm getting to go do and I'm receiving. What role do you think that plays in students just in general during this time of year? Well, I think the the pressure to have the perfect holiday, mm. as we've talked many times on this podcast about the impact of social media how people are posting most of the time their best selves and youth are comparing their worst day to someone's best presentation because that's what it is. It's their best mm -hmm. presentation, not their real presentation. Then there's a lot of pressure to have that perfect holiday and it. And it can lead to be overwhelming uh, feelings of, of inadequacy. I'm not measuring up. Uh, I feel bad my life is we're not going to this place and having horse-drawn carriages through the snow and you know we're not having great christmas presents and our tree is a dump and you know our, our decorations are horrible this this can all be aspects of it and can it can add to that stress that's going in there and you know and it also can point to another one that can trigger stress but also the pressure to buy and you know really dive into the materialism of the holiday season can add that stress. 66% of Americans feel that financial stress is a significant part of it during the holiday season. So youth especially, hey, I can't buy this for my friend. I can't buy this for my family. Or my family can't get me what I want. And it all adds to stress. So triggers that we've talked about to re to before we move on to maybe some of the signs that you can see in youth, you know, their family feast, the fuss about that, the academic avalanche that we see, the social media aspect of it, and the financial aspect of it. So those are some of the stressor triggers that I feel that we need to be on the lookout for. Yeah. Well, leading right on to what you said we were going to talk about, what are some signs that we can see in youth um, as the holiday blues or just stress, anxiety are increasing? What are some signs we can be on the lookout for? Well, I think emotional eruptions is the first one that you'll see. Um, now, we need to understand there, there is going to be some kind of emotional eruption as youth are growing, as the hormones are, are developing, as things are being pruned in their brain, as, as they are just growing and expressing a part of themselves. We're going to see some of that. But mood swings from being irritable to sadness can be uh, a distress signal. Hey, something's going on here. I don't feel good about it. Hey, I'm, I'm sad one minute, I'm angry another minute, and we don't see that joyfulness that is going on. Um, the body talk, body language is a big thing. Physical signs like headaches, uh, sleep troubles, 
they often speak about that. You know, we can tell about that. If they're going around during the season and they seem gloomy and they also complain of headaches and stuff, then we've got some aspects of that that are pretty bad as well. Physical yeah. signs, uh, let's say behavior shifts. Uh, maybe they were doing well all <laughs> they're doing well all semester in academics, and then all of a sudden, as it gets close to this, they start doing very badly in that. Uh, or their social engagements have started to not interest them anymore. They don't want to hang out with friends, or they're secluded to themselves. They're isolating themselves. Those are signs that you can look for that something is going on, something that's happening, something is impacting them in some way. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of those signs in some of my students and also just friends in general. I'm still definitely classified as a young adult, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> so definitely um, seeing some of those signs. So like I had mentioned earlier, as a school, we're trying to be more involved um, with our students and kind of help um, alleviate some of this stress um, and the anxiety. What are some things that you think that students can help each other with and teachers um, and other people who work with youth? What are some things that we can do to help these students deal with this? Well, the number one thing, and it doesn't make a difference if it's from educators, from parents, from friends, no matter who, the number one way to help each other during this thing is the talk and listen part. Let's talk it out. The power of communication, having open, non-judgmental conversations that can be a safe haven for expressing their feelings, their concerns, encouraging you to, to share their thoughts and, and to very listen listen actively to others, approaching with empathy, open-ended questions, listening actively, validating feelings. All those things need to happen during this time. What we shouldn't do is dismiss it. Mm. We have to let them talk and what's going on, which I heard so many times growing up. Hey, there's no reason for you to be sad. This is the happiest time of the year. There's no Look at all you have. Look at all you have to be grateful for. You know, we just had the time of being grateful. Well, yes, if we know that an attitude of gratitude will help us overcome stress and overcome depression if we're grateful for more things. But sometimes we need to hear out why they're having trouble finding that as well. So that's number one is, is, is talking about it. Um, hmm. Coping mechanisms, helping them find uh, stress relief activities, whether it be service projects or physical activities. Um, I just read today on a on a blog post that, and I don't even remember what organization this was for, but in essence, it was an organization talking about mental health that said a 30-minute walk every day increases the brain's capacity to handle stress and depression. Just a 30-minute walk a day. That's a stress relief activities. Meditation in some form, prayer time in some form, that kind of reflection wellness is a journey it's not a destination and we need to encourage them uh, to do those so those are the two biggest ones that i see there there's some others you know that we, that i definitely think we need to talk about as well but what other questions do we have on that one well kind of building off of that you had mentioned you know dismissing and being like well it's the happiest time of year what are some just general misconceptions that people have about mental health and youth during this time of year maybe like why they feel that way? What are some just general misconceptions that you've found that as adults, we accidentally, we don't intentionally do it, but we misunderstand the situation? Well, 
one misconception is that everybody is happy during the holidays, mm. that everybody is joyful, that everything is this. That can, as I just mentioned, that can invalidate the feelings of those that are struggling. We do not know their situation. We don't know this stress trigger they have with family issues. If if they're from a um, broken home, uh, a, a blended family situation where they have parents who are divorced or parents who are not living together and they have to go to separate homes during this thing, there could be distress in that. We don't know all those situations. So saying everybody should be happy. It's the wonderful time of the year. It's the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we're celebrating. You should be rejoicing. You should have joy. It invalidates the fact that they could be some triggers in their life that are causing this. So that is one amazingly big is that we do not need to just dismiss it. We don't need to over treat it with the fact of, oh, you just need to be more involved with Christmas holiday activities. That's not necessarily true as well, because sometimes those remi- are reminders of those triggers. So we need, those are some of the things that I think people have misconceptions about is that you should be happy. And if you just get involved more with Christmas activities, it'll help you without looking at other ways of, of trying to um, live up to it. Cause you know, youth are trying to, to live these perfect lives during this time period. They don't feel like that they can ever live up to anything. And so we need to help them understand that perception that perfection, not perception, perfection is a myth mm-hmm. and focus on the essence of the season, the connection, what the meaning of it is, not comparison, which is, you know, what, hey, I got to live up to everybody else. So we need to help them in that. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of building off of that as well, uh, we talked about what, you know, teachers and um, maybe supporters of youth can do. What are some things that families might be able to do for their own student or their own child besides just, you know, encouraging that communication between them? Well, doing the healthy habits that we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier on that, helping them to be open to backing away from Christmas activities. One of the things that we talked about this morning, uh, this week at at uh, the the class that I attended our church was that so many activities that we try to flood in between Thanksgiving and Christmas add stress to it and detract from finding the joy in the season. So as a family, we need to back down on those. Also, if and this doesn't make a difference whether or not you're, it helps if you started this as your child is young, but you can do it as they get older. Establishing rituals and traditions that are related to the holidays that they can find joy and comfort in is going to help them with the stress because they know this is what we do. This is where I can, you know, be a part of. This is what my family does. And it also gives them a framework in which to schedule everything else around. So if 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 you're a part of a, a family tradition that does certain things for Advent and you do it on a certain time, then your family and your children will start to expect that. They'll have comfort in knowing that. It'll be a tradition that they embrace. And they're able to use that as a framework to schedule their calendar around that allow them to say no to things that overwhelm them. So I think those are some key things that 
that they can do, you know, encourage traditions, being mindful of, of, of the fact that if they're in blended families, that they have various family connections and backgrounds and, and just allowing time to rest and reflect. Yeah, definitely. It's something that I love that we always did was we always did, you know, Advent on Sunday nights um, uh, and we would have family movie time and family you know, just, we just all sit on the couch or we cook breakfast together. And you guys never told us to, but we weren't ever on our phones either um, during that time. And so I feel like, you know, establishing those traditions also helps limit that social media stressor a little mm -hmm. bit too. But kind of leaning into, this was something that y'all did. I don't know if you ever remember doing this, but you kind of talked to us about the financial stressor. Graham, what are some conversations that families can have with their young adults that are maybe old enough to understand financials, but how can they sit down and kind of explain like, you don't have to spend all the money in the world to have a good time. What are some conversations that parents could have with their um, kids? Well, I think that it's a good opportunity to, to teach some financial literacy. It becomes real crucial during this time period because you can get drawn into the Black Friday sales and all the commercialization that we see on television and that we hear and the ads and the pop-ups that we see on social media and other aspects of it. So we need to discuss budgeting for gifts and embracing the uh, joy of giving within our means more mm -hmm. than, than overextending ourselves during the Christmas season. So I think it's very advisable to say, hey, we have a cap on what we want to spend on each other. Uh, we, we, you know, don't want to spend more than this and try to keep that under that instead of just leaving it open. Uh, we want to make sure that we embrace that because it's a season that's often marked by extravagance. And we want to be a little bit more mindful of that. We don't want to also, we also want to teach our children not to be asking for those elaborate, over the top, extravagant, expensive things. And they'd be disappointed because they're not that's one of the things that I've we we tried to do at our home and that my parents did very well is they were very determined on don't ask for the big extravagant thing because then you're detracting for what the real meaning of the season is. I saw a a a person who was recommending ideas to help with children embracing this kind of concept when it comes to Christmas giving and they said it's if you were planning on spending a hundred dollars you know, on an item, don't spend a hundred dollars on one item. Take that amount and spend ten, twenty dollars on several items mm. because the joy of having several little things lasts longer than the joy of having that one thing. Yeah. And I even like the one of the things that that we have done, not we haven't done it to a great extent, but we have done it some, is trading uh the giving of gifts for the giving of experiences. Mm -hmm. Embrace experiences. Hey, let's go here and spend time together. You know, we've done that. We've gone to the mountains uh, during the holidays uh, tubing. Uh, we've gone up to uh, Bush Gardens and Williamsburg for the Christmas. We've gone down to Orlando a couple of times for the holiday seasons. We've done a variety of different things to try to embrace opportunity for us to have experiences not just gift giving mm -hmm. and and i think that's uh that's a very significant aspect that parents can do as well yeah do you have any examples um 
that kind of show that these conversations and these methods work? Um, any case studies that you've read, any personal examples of like, hey, talking to them and listening to them and hearing them out does work? Any success stories? Well, one of the things that I have heard, and it relates to the trip, was when we were teaching uh, a youth Sunday school class, a youth Bible study class at our church. Uh, it was around the time you were born, actually. There was a family that the mother had decided once their youngest was born and was that only the youngest children up to age five would get gifts. But everyone else, and the gifts would be very small. They wouldn't be big gifts. And they would be kind of, you know, colorful little things, nothing much. But they would use their time to spend it together. So they would block that holiday time to be together. Now, they, their trips were, you know, very nice. You know, they went to the Vermont and had a one-horse open sleigh ride on Christmas morning. Oh my gosh. I mean, let's sing a song while we're doing that. They went overseas for different things. They went, you know, they so they had a large family and the mother's whole concept was is, hey, you know, dad, if we're going to spend X amount of dollars on each kid, if we added that all up, it equals a nice trip. And what are they going to remember later from that? Are they going to remember the fact that they got really nice clothing? Well, you know, we'll get them the clothes they need during the year. Or as they get older, we'll teach them how to get money to buy the clothes themselves. Are, are they going to need a toy? Well, you know, we can get them the things that might help them through life. You know, they have in-laws and and grandparents and that would, you know, do stuff on them. We want to focus on the experience and the bonding time. And so that particular family it was a, had five children. They would do those things. I know those children the children of those parents now they're all adults and they have families of their own and they're doing the same because they have valued that they have valued so much and the grandparents now are in a position in their life that they're taking all five of their children and their families on trips during the holidays can i mean can you imagine that you're talking um, close to 20 people probably that are out you know together and, and are going places and doing stuff for three day time. So it's those experiences, those those times together that I think are so much more meaningful than a you know a new toy, a new video game. I mean those things are really cool and you feel really good about it. But do they are they are they gonna create any memories? Are they gonna create any bonding experience? Are they gonna actually relieve the stress? There was a movie several years ago called I think it was called Jingle on the Way. It starred um Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger and it was uh, basically on the concept was is there was a toy that Arnold Schwarzenegger's son wanted like a robot toy or something if I remember correctly uh, so, and there was they were right out of them in stores and it was like the day before Christmas and he was frantically going through town trying to find this and, and just freaking out it, it was mirroring what we were seeing a lot of times on television of people frantically trying to buy the newest toy, the, you know, all those types of things. And so you know, we, we have to be a little bit more intentional about creating those memories to and they can be helpful in reducing stress. Um, having said that, yeah. for the adult that's making these plans, 
don't feel like the trips and the events have to be something over the top, like a one horse open sleigh in Vermont. Uh, it it doesn't or let's have you know Christmas morning at Disney and watch the Christmas parade. It doesn't have to be that. It does not have to be that. Just the opportunity to be together and establish those types of bonds um, are very very significant and, and can increase that you know bonding experience with them. Yeah, absolutely. And from a daughter's standpoint, the pancake breakfast on Christmas morning. They are pancakes out of a box, and that is the my favorite tradition. It doesn't cost a lot of money either. It's like dollar for a box of pancakes, but that's my favorite. So, yeah, just it doesn't cost a lot. Any any final tips for those supporting youth during this time, just to make the holidays a little brighter? Well, I think incorporating day, uh, strategies that we've talked about uh, into daily routines. You know that we you know healthy habits realistic expectations, talking, social media, having a balanced approach, all those things, trying to help them with their academic stress during this time can help cultivate a stress-resistant mindset, a stress-resilient mindset, and encourage self-reflection, some gratitude practices, reflecting on what the season is for, enjoying that, maybe backing away on some of the activities that you're a part of so that you could have time to do this, it can really create a meaningful holiday experience that will really transcend any kind of material gifts that you might have. Now, with the, with the prevalence of anxiety and depression, some people are reporting anxiety up to like 50, half of people, 52% are doing that, and depression around 41%. Our role in supporting youth is even more critical. So we really need to focus on these things to kind of help them. And if we can weave empathy and guidance and and practical strategies as we interact with youth with it, we can guide them through a really fulfilling and joyful season. And I hope that's what what comes out of this, is that that those who are listening, that they they will take advantage of these opportunities and find find some places that youth can have stress-free times. and have a peaceful and joyful holiday for our youth. Yeah. Well, that's all the questions that I had. Well, if you're interested in learning more about this or having a little bit more guidance on this, if you'll go uh, to our blog site or our LinkedIn page, there'll be an article that accompanies this week's podcast that you can find and which will identify some of these topics that we just talked about, some of the things that we've addressed and some of the issues that we've talked about so that you can have something that you can see. There'll also be some links on those two sites that'll lead you to some places to get some further information. But feel free to reach out to us, audience, if you have any comments or any suggestions, uh, or if you want to know how to help us with this. I really want to wish everyone the best of holiday seasons, a great Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, I do believe it can be the most wonderful time of the year. I enjoy it. One stressor that we didn't talk about is is uh, is is decorating, holiday decorating. <laughs> and this year, for the first time, I feel like our holiday decorate. We found the solution for it. Well, uh, and and having uh, uh, your brother come in and do most of the decorating on his own, and he did an absolutely fabulous job with that <laughs> while we were gone. That was a uh, pretty amazing. So that was uh, helping to light our path to a joyful holiday <laughs> was going forward on that. So I appreciate uh, you being with us today and, our, and, and, and uh, 
having your second Christmas over at your home and it's all decorated and ready to go. <laughs> yep. Now, next is outside. Maybe I can get him to help me with that too. <laughs> well, audience, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Generation Youth Podcast. If you've stuck with us this long, you've obviously found some value in what we're talking about. So please like and care, uh, comment and share this episode and subscribe to the podcast on whatever channel you're listening to. For show notes and other information, if you're watching on YouTube, just look straight down. If you're listening to us, just go to your podcast app and there'll be notes available to this and some links that are available as well. We'll see you again next week. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year for the Generation Youth Podcast. And there you have it. Another impactful episode of the Generation Youth Podcast. To all of our listeners out there, remember to hit that subscribe button on your preferred podcast platform so you can never miss an episode. Want to be a part of the Generation Youth community? Follow us on all of our social media platforms. We'll keep you connected with all of our upcoming episodes and inspiring initiatives. You're not just a listener here. You're a catalyst for change. Together, we're building a future filled with promise, potential, and endless possibilities. This journey is just starting. So keep tuning in, keep growing, and let's continue uplifting our youth one episode at a time. Thank you for joining us today. And until next time, let's keep sparking inspiration and igniting the future.